Welcome, True Believer readers, to Let's Read Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, a division of Let's Read Spider-Man, a proud member of the PaceBot Patreon Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, you may enjoy a podcast about pioneering women. Wow, how unique. I I think that'd be interesting. Join Mamie Muggins as she discusses the important art of rug cleaning. <laughs> Listen to Call Me Mamie each Friday morning at 5 a.m. on the PacePot Patreon Podcast Network. That's a good pun in there from the sponsor, James B. Uh, but Mamie Muggins <laughs> probably shouldn't be running a podcast. It'll be very short and very curt. From February of 1984, Stanley presents Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man 87, Mistaken Identities, by Bill Mantlo, Al Milgram, and Jim Moody. Spider-Man has decided it's time to show Felicia his home. Felicia can barely take her eyes off her superhero boyfriend as he swings her to his place. When they arrive, Felicia sees the homely nature of Peter's apartment, and she grows uneasy. She can't understand why Spider-Man is Spider-Man if he doesn't make any money. So, Eddie, it's well documented that we really need our sponsors, such as our PaySpot Patreon network, and their great shows, that Call Me Mamie, just for us to break even. Uh, we don't do this to make money. However, I, I don't know. Being Spider-Man is more involved than our podcast. Should he be using his powers like Luke Cage Hero for Hire or... I think we saw a Wonder Man the other day as like a bodyguard or something. Should he be trying to make money doing this? I wouldn't be upset. But Spider-Man retells his woeful origin story. And he climaxes in saying, It's my duty to be a superhero because fate one day decided to give a lonely kid this gift of power. He reaches up to his mask, is about to pull it off, and... He does pull the mask off. Well, he actually says the title of his book, he announces, I am Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man. Just in case the listeners were wondering. Recently, a lot of people have been finding out his identity. Daredevil, that poor, unfortunate, sick kid in... Um, the kid who collects Spider-Man. Yeah. And now Felicia Hardy. Like He's giving up his identity at the rate of every other podcast these days. <laughs> Right? That seems about right. Felicia already could have figured out his identity, and I thought it was weird at the time, but now when she's, like, disgusted by this because she's in love with Spider-Man and not Peter Parker, she's actively pulling away from him. You think he should have figured this out? I don't think so. I was really surprised by it. And Spider-Man, he's confused, and he can't understand it first, but then... He's admiring Felicia for being someone who loves Spider-Man instead of Peter Parker, which honestly, I think there's a lot of people who probably love Spider-Man. He shouldn't be too surprised by this. It's shocking anyway, so. Let me finish your book for you real quick. Okay. Together, they beat up some robbers <laughs> and say, I love you to each other. And then Spidey swings off into the night with her. That's it. The reason I wanted to say that is because the whole book is just a big reveal of Spider-Man's identity of Felicia and how she reacts to it. They did have to put the fight in there because every Spider-Man book needs a fight. Right. right. It's great writing because we would think that she would accept Spider-Man for who he is in his normal life. But he seems okay with it. 
Yeah. He's like pretty okay with this. At this in this book, he's like, yeah. By the right, end, well. I, at first he's like visibly shaken. You can see it's drawn and actually written quite well. He's confused and angry too because he, this is a huge deal for him. And not only is she like not embracing it, but she's disgusted. They draw four panels of her pulling back from him. Yeah, put your mask back on. Yeah. You horrid beast. I mean, she's just, she's never been super mentally stable. And it's very clear that what she wants is not a normal person to be dating. So, But he puts the mask back on and she's completely fine with it. Yeah, totally fine. So, all right. Well, let's see how their relationship continues. From March of 1984, Stanley presents Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man 88, Hyde, that's H-Y-D-E, and Seek by Mantlo, Milgram, and Mooney. Yes, this involves uh, Dr. Hyde, or Mr. Hyde, I should say, who's this burly guy who's as strong as the Hulk, and he's going after the Cobra. We saw them several books ago fighting each other, but now they're back again, and they're breaking out of prison. Mr. Hyde is still determined to seek vengeance upon the Cobra, because the Cobra betrayed him before, who is actually being held in the same prison. And I like how... Hyde is breaking out and the Cobra's restrained and Cobra says, I told you this would happen. I told you it was insane to keep us in the same institution. The Cobra is right. (laughs) Why did they do that? (laughs) The Cobra manages to slip away into the Hudson River. Mr. Hyde follows not too long after. Eddie, did you know I decided to look up, I wanted to see when Mr. Hyde's first appearance was. I wanted to see if it was in the Spider-Man book that we read back in, I don't know, like Amazing Spider-Man 226 or 222, something like that. Yeah, it was and a while ago. It wasn't. He's a very, very old character. He's like in the 1960s. He He's like a, like a Stan Lee character, you know what I'm saying? He was written way back then in Journey into Mystery. He was a Thor-related uh, villain, somebody mm-hmm. who was a fan of the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde story and you know tried to create his own formula. I think he went to see Dr. Uh, Donald Blake, which is Thor. Thor wouldn't help him. He experimented on himself turned into Mr. Hyde, fought Thor. And then uh, eventually he hooks up with the Cobra, Like, and the Cobra is currently being pursued by Mr. Hyde through a couple books as he's trying to get revenge on him for, you know, double-crossing him or whatever right. it was. Or I think, actually, I think he just slighted him. I think he just made fun of him, and then he's just paying the price now, that's all. Well, Spider-Man is having the best time of his life, swinging around with the black cat every night, crime-fighting. Uh, Spider-Man's daydreams of having baby kitten spiders are rudely interrupted by the cobra screams because he's being chased by Mr. Hyde. Spider-Man immediately recognizes the danger the cat is in and commands her to guard the cobra while he takes care of Hyde. Yeah, this is my least favorite book of our three books today because I do like the stories better involving Felicia and Peter and their relationship. And this book actually has like you know, action and fighting. Like, this is like a real comic book. Right. It's probably, it's probably the best of the three books. But on page 10, Peter's like upside down. He's got his mask half pulled. And he says, so what's the next step for the cat and me? Marriage? A nice little home in the suburbs with 3.5 spider kittens? We better get a VCR. We'll be missing a lot of late night TV. He's sitting at the table and Felicia's pouring either water or milk or something. And she's holding a, a baby and the baby is got like half Felicia clothes and half Spider-Man clothes. And then there's two like, I'll, I'll just assume the Spider-Men are the boys. One boy is like chasing his sister who's a little mini black cat. And then the other one is like feeding the dog who is like half Spider-Man dog. It's a great panel. It, this is Twitter worthy. I'm telling you, this is great stuff. 
It is a good one. Um, but in classic cat character, Felicia doesn't like being told what to do. Uh, when the fight seems perilous for Spider-Man, she intervenes and kicks Hyde. But Hyde gets his hands on Felicia. As Spider-Man attempts to help her, he is crushed. Fearing she's killed her lover, she attacks Hyde and is unexpectedly helped by the Cobra. The Cobra and Hyde simultaneously defeat each other. Yeah, she's sort of involved. She just takes advantage of the situation, but yeah. she's really not a major part of that fight. Right. I got to say, I really enjoy these Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man books. These are books that I own. I'm probably biased. I, but there's, there is straight up fighting. The partnership between Spider-Man and the Black Cat fulfills my need for that Peter Parker part of his life. The romance isn't is just enough that I don't need a Flash or a Betty or a Joe Robbie. Okay, the villains in this book are not the Hobgoblin, but it's very enjoyable and well-written for what it needs to do to let me know where the story arc is heading. Just go ahead and wrap up the story. Felicia sees Spider-Man awake, but finally realizes she is not powerful enough to help Spider-Man fight supervillains and departs on a quest for superpowers. Like you said, James B., it is mostly a book of fighting and reiterating how much Spider-Man likes swinging around with Felicia. I think we should move forward and see how Felicia's quest for superpowers goes. Sure. Our last book is from April of 1984. Stanley presents Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man 89, Power Search, by Mantlo, Milgram, and Mooney. And Eddie, by the way, this book here, I kind of read it pretty quickly, so... Take your time and give me a little more details than I normally get from these other books. Sure. Uh, we open with the Kingpin hearing an assessor's report regarding the Kingpin's relationship to Spider-Man. Kingpin declares all debts between them are canceled and that they are enemies once again. Without Elektra and Bullseye, though, Kingpin has to find a new assassin. We move to Felicia, who's on a quest to gain superpowers... The uh, reference to Elektra and Bullseye, those are the characters from the Daredevil storyline. Elektra was the, essentially the black cat for Daredevil. That was his like lover, sort of bad guy turned good guy. Mm -hmm. And Bullseye was sort of the, the bad guy in that storyline. They're just making some references to other people there. And Kingpin needs a new assassin. Is he going to use Felicia Hardy? We'll find out, right? Yeah, Felicia, she goes to the former Stark Enterprises. She goes to the Avengers, she goes to the Fantastic Four, and then she goes to every tubid hood in the city, but none of them can help her. Yeah, she calls Hank Pym at one time, and he's like pouring two be 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 beakers together, and he's like, oh, I can't answer the phone, I'm in the middle of a crucial experiment. I I'm thinking, you were, you were thinking of answering the phone? Like, how does she have your phone number? <laughs> right, I guess if you call Avengers and you're like, please put me through to Hank Pym. <laughs> and it goes right to his lab. <laughs> she calls the Fantastic Four and they're just like too busy. They're not available. How does she have these numbers? We have a long time of the Avengers having loose restrictions in security on everything that's going on. So I'm not terribly surprised. <laughs> you know, in, in the middle of this book, which... For those listeners of our last podcast, has a lot of shirtless Peter Parker in it, by the way. There's a good, like, dozen or so panels where Joe Robbie visits Peter Parker and tries to talk to him and says, Hey, I've been holding uh, I've been holding Lance Bannon back, even though he's a better photographer than you. Want to make sure you get an opportunity to uh, 
come back and take your pictures. And Peter's all like mopey about it. It takes like two whole pages. Yeah, he's all banged up here too, which is pretty uncommon that we see Peter banged up. Um, I like how he blames it on following Spider-Man and getting hurt while he's doing that. Uh, last podcast, I talked about how very little he's using his camera. I'm not surprised Joe Robbie hasn't been able to find him and he hasn't been making any money from the bugle. So Yeah, so for 13 pages of this book, all that's happened so far is the Kingpin's like, mm, I need a new assassin. And she's calling all these people on the phone. <laughs> and then Joe Robbie's like, you want to get back to work? And he's like, get lost. Like, that's yeah? all that's happened. That's and, we're, and we're we're now on page 14. Like, we're in the conclusion of the book. Finally, Purple Limo pulls up alongside Felicia and using a voice masker, someone tells her to meet at the former Dr. Harlan Stillwell's lab at midnight. Wait a sec. What's that guy's first name? Harlan Stillwell. Okay. I feel like you gave me a, a different name last podcast. Farley Stillwell. So I think you said. I think you're right, James <laughs> B. So I'm, I'm thinking Uh-oh. that. I'm thinking last podcast, I'm like, Farley? I don't remember that name. <laughs> Well, well, we'll clarify at the end, I guess. Uh, it's, it's probably his brother. <laughs> brother. They're brothers, Farley and Harlan Stillwell. Yeah. Uh, so Felicia goes there and undergoes days of tests and procedures, with the results being... She has uh, superpowers. In fact, she's got the powers we always thought she had. She's, like, faster and more agile and now she is able to for sure give bad luck to anyone who comes at her. So she's kind of actually the black cat we always wanted and thought we had before. Uh, the Kingpin's like, I'll be in touch as she goes away. Yeah. She, uh, she tells him, hey, I'm not going to do anything to hum Spider-Man. And he's like, yeah, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't expect you to. She's like, okay. Other than that, I'm good to do all your crime. See you later. <laughs> There she is. Pretty much, right? <laughs> yeah. She is very shocked to see that it's the Kingpin, which she should not have been shocked to see. But he might be the best Spider-Man villain right now, right? Uh, I think he is, hands down. But at the end of this book, just like in Marvel Team-Up and The Amazing Spider-Man we recently covered, Peter is in Central Park talking to Harry when his spider sense pings, sending him towards the Sheep's Meadow section of the park where he finds a giant spacecraft that teleports him to some mysterious galaxy. Yeah, it's uh, it's Secret Wars again. It's time. I, I think it's next podcast, James B. Sorry, I'm distracted because I'm thinking about the Harlan Stillwell thing. Harlan, it says the late Harlan Stillwell. The late Harlan Stillwell. Yeah, so maybe he died... I'm not wrong, though. There is a Dr. Farley Stillwell, and he did create the Scorpion. But it says here that Dr. Harlan Stillwell has the I know. has the lab. He created the fly. So, so weird. Every, so everybody who creates Two Stillwells? Are Stillwells. Yeah. It's a family. This is like when I thought um, uh, Smythe's daughter was Marla Madison. <laughs> Staying in the family. Stillwells. Unfortunately... We had Kevin on a few podcasts ago, so we can't call him back anymore. So <laughs> I just have to. He's always ready to help us out. I'm sure he'll help us out again. James B. Felicia's uh, seeking of powers is great writing. The whole arc of this Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man, is really good. Like you said, the romance, 
the reveal and then the conclusion finally that she, Felicia has to have superpowers if she's really going to be out crime fighting with Spider-Man. I love everything about these three books. Do you think it's better than the two books from The Amazing Spider-Man, which featured the big Hobgoblin books? You know, those were pretty good books, too, but this is much better. I mean, Isn't I've it? always been a Black Cat fan. but So I'm just making sure we're hearing ourselves. Here we are. We finally get the Hobgoblin that <laughs> yes. you've been waiting for. I have been his waiting big, a long time for him, too. His big conclusion, the big battle. It's in the amazing <laughs> flagship book. And in the end, we're like, let's talk about Felicia and the romance and that's going over here. Peter Parker is really putting up a strong, strong book it's, right it's now. It's a much better story. Amazing Spider-Man has so few side characters involved. I mean, I talked about Aunt May is like not anywhere to be found. And then he has no love interest in oh, Amazing. But there's no side characters right now in this book either. Well. It's really just Felicia is such a prominent character. True. You know I mean? But the Kingpin is very involved in what's going on kind of constantly in Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man too. And the way that, of course, he's kind of manipulating behind the scenes is excellent. So, Eddie, this book ends with the Secret Wars again. Next podcast, right? We're going to have to do this. Agree? Yes, it's time. Oh, my gosh. Secret Wars. It's so weird. Listeners, if you want to find out a little bit more about why we think this book is better than The Amazing Spider-Man and you want to just complain to us about it, you can write us how, Eddie? Email us at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at Let's Read Spidey. And I'm James B., joined by Eddie. And remember, listeners, that Let's Read Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, is a division of Let's Read Spider-Man, a proud member of the Facebook Patreon Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, you may also enjoy, once again, another great podcast about being your best self. Always very important to learn more about yourself. So let's hear it, James B., you can join brothers Farley and Harlan Stillwell for all your medical needs. They're very compassionate, sincerely care about you as a person, and are very professional. They are committed to finding out ways to make you better by changing you into, let's say, a scorpion or a fly or enhancing your black cat powers. You can also get a written overview of your appointment before you leave and hope that these people never retire because they're just so great. Listen to the amazing work and opportunities that they provide. <laughs> the Farley and Harlan Stillwell online doctor show. Goodbye. Goodbye. Eddie, the podcast, we started our first episode. We recorded it on July 3rd, 2021. And we uploaded it on August 14, 2021. I don't know if you remember this, but I had edited 20 episodes of our show before you even heard a single episode. I, we always have a bit of a, a lag between when we do it and when it actually goes out, I guess. But... What was the reason for this? We were just nervous. <laughs> it was the way the promotion worked for how to like how much any how many episodes you could have and how much time we were 
we because you like you know you got to pay for this podcast, so we just didn't want to like do one podcast and then like start paying an annual fee. We wanted to have a bunch of things ready to go, yes. so we could release them. And we just sort of like we dumped the first one, and then we waited a little bit. Then we kind of just started dumping them like crazy. We were also recording quite often. We recorded like the twenty <laughs> episodes in the first month because it was July. I know. I was nervous. Yeah. I was like, the- "Oh my god, I gotta go do some more Spider-Man stuff." Sorry, everyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then after twenty, we're like, "Oh, here's all the things we did badly." So we got smarter. I think our podcast jumps around episode thirty. It's very much improved than around yes. sixty. Yeah. You know, not to like not to make this pattern, but A really serious like 30- learning curve that occurs. Yeah, it's almost like thirty, sixty, ninety, and then after ninety, there hasn't really been that much change as yeah. far as like we have we have the better by then we have all the better mics, we have the better. Yes. Uh, there was a time when you used to do um, the intros too. It's true. Did you know that? That's a long time be... ago. I only did yeah. probably five. <laughs> you think it was that few? I think so. Yeah. There was a time also when uh, back in the early days when the format wasn't this like this. First of all, there was no, there was, wasn't three different books. So we had that, we had one book, but the format was a little different. We used to come in and we would say something like, um, and here's the guy who, uh, here's a guy who would never go see Dr. Harlan Stillwell, <laughs> yes. my healthy friend, Eddie. Remember those things? <laughs> that, I liked Eddie. that. That was fun. That was a lot more work for me than it just was, quoting, yes. quoting a book. <laughs> that was more things. I already have to deal with uh, calling these sponsors all day long to get them on board. And I have to come back and come up with some other reason to reference right. you. So that, that went away. So... <laughs> Anything to make things easier for me is always good. I can't believe it's been two years. It really doesn't feel like that long. I know we've covered an incredible amount of books, but I really look forward to continuing this project too. Excellent. There was a time that we thought we were going to lose you after uh, Amazing Spider-Man 300, so I slowed this down with all those other books. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> it's, it's, it's dragging it out for all the best reasons, James B. Are you, have you signed this contract through 2027? I think I have. I'm ready. Okay. All right. I think the next year will take us to the end of the 80s, and then, you know, we'll we'll figure out what's going on when we get to the 90s. Okay.